You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. start our show uh, can, I, <laughs> can i grab a beer real quick yeah, please and a do. water all right folks welcome to the short shift podcast i believe we all just kind of cr- uh, cracked open a beer at the same time yeah we did is that what? <laughs> that's a good start cheers. to the show cheers boys cheers. hell of a week boys eichel's finally fucking moved felino might be back tuca was back skating at warrior and setting Twitter on fucking fire. Yes, he does. <sighs> Freddie's hurt. What else? <sighs> what else happened this fucking week? Bergeron woke up. First of all, let me just let me just point this out. For the last couple of weeks, we've been making little comments about certain players or certain situations, and it seems like every time we say it, it's immediately out of date because somebody fucking steps up. Last week, we made a comment about. I think it was actually me. Made a comment about Bergeron not being himself and the dude fucking explodes for four goals against detroit can we can we just talk about pasta just maybe for a second and just hope the noodle man wakes up just a little bit more he but did have we that did that pill the other night but we did that the week before and then he had a goal and assist in the next yep. game <laughs> and then and then but then he went away we didn't That's we didn't true, give him yeah. enough love mm-hmm. so so let's let's just manifest a little bit of pasta love here but and, doesn't that mean if we're manifesting but if we're manifesting that kind of pasta love, we have to talk a little bit of shit yeah but loving somebody means you want better for them mm-hmm. not just blowing sunshine up their ass so mm-hmm. pasta buddy shoot the puck yeah shoot the shoot puck. the puck a uh, dude i will allow pasta to miss the net for the next three weeks if he eventually gets back to his old self yep. just shoot every time i don't give a i don't care you're the best shooter on the team I don't care who's next to you on the two on one. I don't care who's trailing through the slot. Shoot the fucking buck. Yep. Our shooting percentage remains like 6%. Like we need to start having our skill guys throw the puck on net constantly. We shoot a ton. We're averaging like 30 something shots a fucking game. 
I'm sorry. I like I didn't realize this was going to trigger me as much as it did. Shoot the fucking puck. Even four-board. If you're in a two-on-one four-board, God knows why you would because you move like a glacier. But if you were a two-on-one, <laughs> shoot it if you're the puck. I don't care. Just don't pass across the slot because it never actually gets on anyone's stick unless your name is Marsh and you mm-hmm. can pass through the slot. I mean, Ian, you can talk as much shit about Derek Fulbert as you want, but he currently has one less goal than David Pasternak. Shut up. I want to. Yeah, well, facts are facts. Facts <laughs> <laughs> over here. Uh, uh, that was a bad one. I apologize. No, yeah. that stays in the pod. That stays in the pod. It should. Yes, Fulbert is a uh, elite sniper man. <laughs> um. <laughs> Bergeron, not Bergeron. Who let Thomas Coyle. is having a heart Coyle. attack over there. I, yeah, I want to point skipped. out if we're if we're gonna if we're just gonna flail around for a second. Coyle setting the pick for two Senators players to allow Forbort <laughs> to take all that ice. No, it was a great play. I'm not even like yeah. I'm not being a Hall too. It, it was, was Coyle and Hall. Hall with a good keep in feeds it back down to the wall. Coyle. Coyle sets a beautiful pick for two players. And sure, the sense kind of fucked up here, but. That was such an awesome play. Coyle continues to impress me. I don't care what the numbers are right now. Mm-hmm. I still think he's playing a really, really good season. 48-point pace right now. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it for it. a 2C. That's a yeah. mid-tier 2C for me. Mm-hmm. We were spoiled with David Krejci. Yep. yep. So I, I mean, I'd like I, to continue to be spoiled, but sure. We, I'd like to be, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would also like to be constantly fed chocolate on an on a hourly basis, but that's not happening. Mm-hmm. So, right. we're, luckily, we're adults. We can. <laughs> we're grown up. We can buy all the chocolate we need. Shut up. That's true. Um, <laughs> speak for yourself. This <laughs> already got so far off the rails. That's okay. Sometimes we need to got to. Sometimes we just got to. Got to get it out. But no, uh, just just to kind of rein us back in a little bit. I'm tired of Pasternak. I want pasta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we touch yeah. on Tuca real quick? Okay. Just real quick. Tuka skates at Warrior. It appears he's ahead of schedule, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. That is great news. Mm-hmm. He is still at least six weeks away. At mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. I still don't want to talk about him. That's yeah. my statement. I don't want to talk about Tuka. He's not part of the team right now. Yep. And our goaltenders are playing well. Yep. Both of them. Both, Both of them. them. I don't want to hear that Allmark looks bad. Yeah, Because he doesn't. Because he doesn't. Yeah. Th- Thomas, you had an exchange with somebody. And maybe you can maybe you can kind of shed a little bit of light on what what the general tenor of almost I, I think his fatal flaw is that he's not Jeremy Swayman. Like, what is the deal with this? Well, and, and it wasn't just this the one dude. And I honestly, I don't have it in front of me, but a, a number of people who are saying the Allmark sucks thing right now, specifically in that game, it was the defense had everything to do with every single fucking goal. A couple of them were on rebounds. If you're letting one of the greatest goal scorers that we've seen in the last decade sit stand in there, there stand there. there and have multiple stabs at the puck, yeah, it's probably going to go in at some point. Yeah. You can't fucking do that. Mm-hmm. So the, the blaming Olmark for that loss and those goals, I, I wasn't going to sit there and take it. Did Olmark need to play a little bit better? Yeah, sure. But it wasn't his fucking fault that they lost the game. So to sit there and blame it, and then you dive a little bit into somebody's Twitter, and it's like, oh, they're they're a Tuca guy. You spent the last three, four, five years 
defending Tuca against the haters and stuff like that. And then you're literally turning around and doing that to the next guy because it's not Tuca. It's like, is that your stance? I don't fucking get it, but that's so weird. Whatever the case is, like if you actually sit back and look at what Omar is doing, is he playing perfect? No, but I think a lot of the problems that these goaltenders have had Swayman included at this point in the season, a lot of it has to do with the, like I said last week, instability of the defense in front of them, specifically the other night. Sometimes the goaltender's on point and can bail out that defense. Mm-hmm. Swayman yeah. did it the other night against the Senators. Mm-hmm. You can't do it every night. Swayman hasn't done it every night this year. Mm-hmm. He Passed allowed a softie in that game, too. He did. Yeah. It happens. And that, was a, and that was a brutal one. And luckily, he stood on his head for the rest of the fucking game. The team actually had a good second period for the first time. I have a fucking tweet sitting in the drafts ready to make fun of the Bruins in the second period. And then they go out and they have a really strong second period. But oh, don't worry. You'll be able to use that. I'll probably use it in the next fucking five days. So Yeah. (laughs) Um, But what a gutsy win for them. Like, they needed that, like, fucking, I think you said the hard hat game. They needed a workers game. And that's what we got in the Sens. Because I don't think they were the better team in the Sens game. They just outworked them. And they got the W. Yeah. The Sens have a lot of good solid high upside talent i like they're, i like the sense dude i like that they're team. fun to watch i, I said this before yeah. the season they're fun to watch and i'll say this for all of the the kachucks and the chabots that they have i really like alexander alexander fermentin the dude is fast he's chippy and he's there he's there worker be sort of you know all situations for it i loved watching him play all night and i love watching him get in clifton's face and just mm-hmm. and clifton just well i guess trying to punch his lights out didn't really do much he's <laughs> given up a lot of size in that yeah. fight cliffy was well men's a big dude man. and for men's a big dude too so yeah. I, I like what, was jack, off. what was with jack edwards in that oh he's cross-checking clifton they're cross-checking uh, each other over yeah. and over again. What, what was with Jack Edwards calling Nick Paul Chris Paul? I don't know yeah. what's going through his head there was, at this point. Oh, man. There was some blow on that desk in front of Jack Edwards the other night. But and Andy, Brickley's, a, Andy Brickley's just letting him drown. Yeah, he just let him go. It's the best. <laughs> he's yeah, been doing that for years. <laughs> and and I, love, I love it, honestly, because he's just this, like, disapproving. He's like, I'm done with you. Brother. I'm done with this. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah. But hats off to Cliffy for showing some some balls there, or as mm-hmm. as Andrew just said, he's got some kachucks and some shabbats. He showed some shabbats right there. <laughs> that was a shorthanded sense team too. They've got a couple other guys in there that uh, yeah, that should be fun to watch later in the season. A couple COVID cases, so that's something to kind of keep your eye on, right? Yeah. Yep. And then I believe what is it, Colin White was a uh, he went down earlier in the season or yeah, before the season even started for like six yeah. weeks. Yeah, um, Colin White went down. Um, the guy who took out Freddie, Josh Brown, just went down with COVID. Yeah. Um, well, Freddie better isolate yeah. himself then. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Fred, he, actually, might as well say it. Frederick appears to be day to day, but we haven't really gotten confirmation of mm-hmm. how severe it is. Yeah. Cassidy uh, said we'll know tomorrow, and then tomorrow we'll run, and we didn't know anything. Uh, yeah. That was a clean oh, hit. It was. It yep. was a good hit. It was a good body. A lot of open ice hitting in this game. Well, and, and if you think about it, a lot of the the bigger hits and the more like more physicality came after the Freddie hit. Freddie's off the ice and all of a sudden the team gets really fucking physical. Yeah. McAvoy with a couple of really clean hits. He's he's playing a, a little bit different right now. In the same way as like Pasta seems to be throwing his body around a little bit different. They're certain. I, I said it last week and no one believed me. I said it last week and no one believed me. He is being except you two. I was gonna say no one believed what are you talking about? No, except for you two, no You're one such believed such a me. martyr. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, if you, do you guys need some wood? I have some extra up here. <laughs> oh God, come on. We, uh, I feel like we're walking a line tonight. There's so many of these that we're like, wait, is that staying? Uh, <laughs> but no, like pasta's throwing his body or everyone's throwing their body around. Carlo is throwing his body around, which is so mm-hmm. good to see. Yeah. So good to see. And, you know, matching the physicality like that, they needed a game like that where they needed, they needed to be physical and they needed to match the sense of physicality because they were, that was a, they were shorthanded, but that was a game sense squad who was ready to go hit for hit. Yeah. And they did. Yep. So circle back. Uh, so Tuco is that warrior doing his thing, but Foligno practicing. I love him. Can I yeah. just say I love that man? Yeah, his his quote that you texted us earlier was was perfect. The, the tweet from Connor Ryan, uh, Nick Foligno on if he's cleared to play tomorrow. Quote: I'm forcing them to put me in on Thursday. I'm just gonna show up. Yep. <laughs> and in in that in that sense, I think he's playing tonight. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it is interesting to me because it's like we've given as a fan base, not necessarily us personally, but we've we've given so much shit to players who just can't get healthy. Fellino's getting a pass right now solely because we know he would be such an amazing part of this team from a personality standpoint, from a, a locker room standpoint, like, and, and honestly, what he can offer to us on the ice when healthy. So we're giving him that benefit of the doubt. Dude's a born Bruin. I, I really, I want it to work out so bad. Mm-hmm. I really do. Fingers crossed. Actually, talking about injury stuff, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but yeah. Kasha looked great. With the Leafs. Mm-hmm. And I was, look, and you can say whatever fake Bruin fan, whatever you want to call me, I won't really give a shit. Guys, Local I'm so happy fan. to see Kasha flying around. I was pissed at Grizzly, who kept losing the puck to him over and over, but the guy looks healthy and he's playing the game. I don't know. I, that was just touched my heart a little bit uh, watching him that night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I thought we had decent performances out of the goaltenders overall. The last couple of games, even though even though the games didn't all go exactly as planned, Swayman has continued to look good. He's perfect at home. That's amazing. amazing. Seven and zero, oh, baby. That's that's mm-hmm. that's incredible. What a confidence boost for that kid. But uh, I I do think even though Olmark took a big fat L against the uh, the Leafs, I don't think he personally had a bad game. I thought he was just average, but I think he was the only reason. Uh, I think I think he was average, but I think he was the only reason that game wasn't eight one and the six one in the second period. Well, I'm going to take it a step farther. I think it was his most impressive game as a Boston Bruin. I, I thought it was astounding the stuff that he had to put up with that whole game yeah. and two v ones, breakaways, everything. I I thought it was his best game, and he got left out to to dry like well, that. I mean, the games that we've seen us get blown out. Every single time it's been defense hanging the goaltenders out to dry. Yeah. And it's so frustrating because you don't always just blame you. We blame Forbart. This whole fan base is just losing their minds with this one dude or, or blaming who was it? Who was the dog the other night? It was Grizzly. Well, Grizzly's been the dog multiple times and Riley. I, I, yeah. Riley. Good job, yeah, Riley. Riley had a bad game. It's just like they're the defense is hanging the goaltenders out to dry. And this fan base can't wrap their head around the fact that it's like, it can be both. It literally can be both. It can be, but it can be. I don't know. I just think that game against the Leafs and you guys can disagree, but I just, I saw Olmark make some crazy stops. Mm-hmm. He kept and it then, in. He really did. And there was just some stuff that you look at and go like, how the fuck is yeah. he supposed to do this all game? Did, did Sweeney call out 
Hallmark after the game? No. No, he called out for Bort. Wait, yeah. was that after the... That was after the Leafs game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, I think I think Cassidy called him out because of the one-handed swipe mm. play. Yeah. Which, Which was... happened because Carlo pinches on a penalty kill up to the top corner for on a giving go. Like, what? Mm. I don't... I, no. Nothing yeah. about that play. Some, and Marshan, something, got, something got crossed on that one. Marshan's eight feet behind Matthews, who's streaking in. Uh, everyone missed their assignment. And it took one player to miss it, took a second player to turn it back over. Just awful. Mm-hmm. Awful, man. Here's a question for both of you boys. From the way that the defense is currently constructed, Thomas, do you still hold firm that the top four needs to be the top four? Grizzly, McAvoy, Riley, Carlo? I do. I Carlo has not been talked enough on this podcast or in general. I think Carlo is quietly having a really, really stable season. Mm-hmm. And that is that's his value to this team. He's not going to be our best defenseman, but he easily could be our second best defenseman. He leads defensemen in shots mm-hmm. for the Bruins. Oh, that's a problem, though. Thank you. But it's it's both encouraging and discouraging. You know well, what it's I mean? A, it's encouraging to look at it from his standpoint. It's like, oh, the, well, that's out of character. It's, it's it is out of character, but only because the guys around him are not doing what they should be fucking doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good Honestly, point. top four. It needs to be what it is, but that is not the thing that is on my mind the most. Mm. I'm having flashbacks to this time, or at least this far into the season last year. Our five-on-five scoring is dog shit. <laughs> and it's it's bottom five, bottom six in the league right now. That needs to be resolved so quickly. And I, and I get that a lot of it has to do with our, our top line has not been what it should be. Pasta hasn't fucking really come through. Bergeron had one amazing game. We can't just depend on the power play. We just can't. It's blowing me away here in the early going how the the discourse surrounding what this team was missing has been the 2C, the 2C. And I will maintain that outside of Marshawn, the most consistent player in that top six here in the first 10 games has been Charlie fucking Coyle. Mm-hmm. It's been Charlie Coyle. The, as for the bottom six, I, Get the snakes out. Everyone's bit like Eric Halla. He's got it, it's got to break through for him sometime. Isn't it absurd how many chances Halla and DeBrus create for each other and neither one scores a goal? Yeah, it's crazy. And it doesn't it, matter who's on the right side either. The two of them in tandem, yeah. chances every game, three or four chances, yeah. no goals. Like it's crazy. You say regression to the mean, it's gotta be progression to the mean because you know, some of these advanced, you know, possession statistics, if they keep up, they balance themselves out. I am really sick of hearing and I'm the one saying it. So that's even worse. Sick of hearing the Bruins are such a good team analytically. Mm-hmm. Okay, then put a few more fucking goals in the net. Yeah, they got to finish. <laughs> they got to finish. Eventually, can we be a good team, period? Yeah. Yeah. They well, got to I mean, finish. You you brought up last week a good amount of like the analytic elements, stuff like that. And it wasn't necessarily to say, uh, no, shut up. We're, we're a good team. It was, we're doing good things. It's just not finishing. The finishing is the biggest fucking problem. And who's our finishers? Pasta is one of them. And he ain't fucking doing it right now. You know what I mean? Like we're depending on the wrong people to finish. Things are going to start to level out. We're going to start seeing the guys who are supposed to be scoring the goals. Forbore is not going to be at the top of our fucking goal scoring. He just tied his career high in goals. Yeah. Wait, what did you just say? He just tied his career high in goals with that goal last uh, against the Suns. 
It was a gorgeous goal. I'll give him credit. Yeah, he's I never feel like scored. All right. I he's feel never like scored more than two. Not for nothing, dude. You you go you go far side on that. Like that's that's not an easy nice shot. It's nice not shot. an easy shot. Do it against but, someone other than Matt Murray. Yeah, do it against somebody <laughs> other than Matt Murray and do it with a defender in between. Yeah. But, uh, no, I don't want to take it You think Derek Forward saw all that space and like for a second just kind of went, oh, uh, all right. <laughs> I will say actually. Derek Forbort does not shy away from a scoring chance, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which sounds weird to say out loud, but you watch him. He's willing to step up way too often. Yeah. <laughs> I like this team. I still very, very, very much like this team. There is one other name we've already talked about and it's worrying me. Riley does not look like the same human being that we saw last year. Mm-hmm. We acquired him and the assists were clever and clean. The speed was there down the right side. He got the, it felt like he was adventurous, but would still make it back to make a play. And now it doesn't feel like he's pushing himself in the offensive zone and he's getting bullied into the defensive zone. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see the same thing or am I kind of I'm, overreacting? I'm still to seeing a ton of speed out of him and seeing like spurts of his creativity from the passing standpoint. Yeah, I want to push, but back I think on that the too. hardest the hardest thing for me is watching him actually come back on a play when there's an inevitable turnover, whether it's his turnover or the guy who is trying to put it on the stick of. There's a turnover involved, and Riley doesn't have that first step to get back. Mm. He's not getting burned every time, but he's getting burned enough that we're noticing. Mm-hmm. And the burns are huge. They're yes. massive moments that are chances in front of our net. Yes. Uh, yep. I will push back. I will push back a little bit on the not seeing him do adventure shit with the puck in the offensive zone. Cause he's still, he's still dancing around the offensive zone, mm-hmm. taking like leisurely skates. But I'm going to say to him, what I say to David Pasternak, when you're doing that, when you're making these beautiful skating, when you're making these beautiful moves, taking this tour around the tour around the offensive zone, shoot the puck and put the puck into the crowd and let, and you know, what will be, will be don't skate around beautifully. I might add, Mm. and then turn the puck over. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that he's being too adventurous in the, uh, in the offensive zone and not doing enough defensively getting back. Mm -hmm. He's doing a lot of the things that people are accusing Grizzlick of doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is <laughs> if, which is hilarious. I want to be clear about it, but yeah, which is hilarious. I um, feel like everyone in in that that group of six is struggling to find what their their peak play should be. Mm-hmm. Clifton is closer, maybe because his ceiling is lower. Yeah. But Clifton is closer to it than most of those guys. I feel like Clifton, for the most part, is that and this Riley Clifton tandem is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not totally against it right now. So but much, it's it's a lot of speed on that. It's line. so much speed. I it's do a lot think, of speed, but you kind of hold your breath a little bit. A little bit. You do, but oh. <laughs> last year I was all over Clifton, and we're ten games in, and I just can't be all over Clifton. I do think that for the most part, he's doing what you ask of a of a third pairing defenseman. Well, that, and that's it. You hold your breath a little bit, but like how many bottom pairings are you not holding your breath? Right. For like, I can survive 11 minutes of Clifton. Yeah. I think they are heavily sheltered. They start in the offensive zone. A well, lot. they are. And that's by design and that's, yeah. that's completely fine. But th- I think that also lends itself to the idea of what you just said, where he's the closest to what his, his final form would be in terms of role. Mm-hmm. But that's because Cassidy has established what that dude's role 
on an NHL caliber t- team would be. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like, so he knows what is expected of him and he's trying to work within that. Mm-hmm. I don't think because we're seeing dudes in the top pairing slide all over the fucking place. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't think they have any idea what they actually are expected to be. It's called you luge are- and it's an Olympic sport, first of all. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking floorboard, stay on your feet. Yeah. yeah, the Riley Clifton pairing, though, it lends itself to another thing, which, you know, causes guys like floorboard to be matched up with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you're going to do that as the matchup, yeah. you get what you deserve yep. out of that. And tonight we're going to see it against McDavid and Dreisaitl. Pray mm-hmm. for us. Oh, my God. They just need to fucking clear the puck out when it's in front of the net. Failed clearances epidemic right well, that's, now. That's right? what I was saying before with like t- the Tavares just all alone, multiple pokes at the puck and beats Omar on like the fourth try. Which yeah. just absolutely let them do that. Which absolutely killed the failed clearances being such such an epidemic absolutely kills me because that's been such a hallmark of this yeah. team yep. for such a long time. On the flip side, how many times in Ottawa in the Ottawa game did we see a fat fucking rebound sit there and nobody gave it a stick on it? Mm-hmm. The offensive players are not getting in the dirty area right in front. No. Give me a greasy fucking goal. Give me a fucking, some sort of insurance goal. I'm tired of these one goal games and it coming down to the last three minutes where it's just like, we don't have this in hand. Drive the fucking net. Yeah. You know? This team, no matter, even at its peak, is going to have a lot of one goal games. It just is. That's the way we're built. That's the process that Cassidy has put in. I hate it. I yes, I also hate it. It's not. But it's, I also it's bad for my GERD. <laughs> I'm also happy that we're not like I don't know, like the Capitals are playing really well, but they also give up a shit ton of chances against. Like that's also a structure where you go that doesn't work in the playoffs. Hi, Lavi. So, <laughs> it's always just going to be set up like that. Something that was interesting about that Senators game, neither team could handle forechecking it at all. Neither one. And we spent the first period not dumping and chasing it. I don't usually like dump and chase as much as well, a lot of old school guys do. Mm-hmm. Second period, we came out. And the reason the period was so good, I thought, was Cassie was like, just look at them. Fucking throw the puck behind them and then hit them. And it worked every time. It also worked against us once the Senators started do- pushing back in the third a little bit. Mm-hmm. We can't get the clearance easily. It's bothering me. No, no good first pass, but we're not the only team struggling with that right now. Mm-hmm. Also in the Ottawa game, we were struggling getting into the offensive zone. We spent, yeah, half, of our, we spent half of our play, power plays at center ice. Dump and chase. That's yeah. it, it works when you dump and chase against that team. It won't work against every team like that. Yeah. But That's why you have a coach. It's not going to work against every team. Why don't we pick out the teams that it works against and we use it? Yeah, <laughs> but you're right. The power play looked terrible. Yeah. I think McAvoy is kind of having a sort of uh, up and down season to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, still pacing out to be a 56 point season. So right. good for him. But I got really tired of watching him carry the puck in and just get stood up yep. at the blue line with absolutely no resistance whatsoever. And when he was on the power play, he's having a lot, he was having a lot of trouble. Like he, like he cleaned it up a little bit. He cleaned up a little bit later in the game, but it seems like he's trying to be everything on the power play now that he's on the first unit. And yep. I, that's not his game. 
Yeah, we we talked about that for the last couple of weeks that he's trying to be too much right now. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, towards the end of that Ottawa game, he was playing pissed off. Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah, he was just me, he was angry. Let me ask you something. So mm-hmm. I put out that uh, on Twitter during that game that maybe McAvoy just doesn't belong on the first power play unit. Maybe he just doesn't. Right? Maybe that's Grizzly's spot mm-hmm. or Riley's spot. I'm not really sure. I still don't like Hall on the first unit, but the, I don't get everything that I want. So. <laughs> I tweeted out and somebody, and this is not a bad point. I'm not bashing the point, but they said he's getting paid $9.5 million. That's his spot. I don't see it that way. I see it. I mean, if you, if we were talking about the PK, yeah, that's his spot because he's that's getting his paid. Spot. That. That's his spot because he's a defenseman. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, he's not a, a fucking point per game fucking defenseman. Right. That's I don't he's pay just him nine point five million. million. Never, yeah, you're never so, going to get that out of him. Yeah, yeah we're not. Gonna, not we're not. We're not expecting Brian Leach out there. Yeah, I just never want him to be scored on when he's on the ice. That's my goal for a great yeah. defenseman. I want him to be never perfect. ever be scored on. Yeah, right. <laughs> if he could just accomplish that, we'd be fine. Yes, nine point five million, absolute steal. Yeah. But I think if he gets bumped for the first power play unit, and everyone's going to lose their mind, you paid him nine point five million. You can't handle. I don't give a shit. He Nobody's going to say a goddamn thing if they're fucking scoring. Nobody's going to say anything. No, the people will still criticize the contract because he's not on the power bit because he's got Adam Fox. Mm. Oh, uh, miss me with Adam that bullshit. Fox. Different. Point. I just, I don't get it. To me, if that's not your slot, you can still be an elite defenseman and not be the guy on the power play. Like that's, yeah. I don't Absolutely. know. 100%. Yep. And that's if McAvoy, uh, having McAvoy on that second unit, that has an entirely different style in the first unit. I think he fits it better. I think it would really work. Yeah. It wouldn't I get think. as much time, but you know what? Having him quarterback that unit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like Thomas said, they start scoring. We don't give a shit. Yeah. It's just a number. Mm-hmm. And to Thomas's point, the entries on the power play, you have Taylor Hall on the ice. Mm-hmm. That's your entry specialist. Mm-hmm. Why is he? He carried it in twice last game. Twice. He failed both attempts, so I'm kind of talking out of my ass here. But that's your entry specialist. That's what Krejci was. That's now Taylor Hall's job. Mm-hmm. And they're just not having him do it. They're having McAvoy try it. Yeah. And that's not McAvoy's game. No. I would love to see Grizz do it. I think Grizz has the skating and stick handling ability to do that. But Absolutely. Uh, but on the, on the subject of uh, Hall, how do you guys feel about him getting dropped a line? <sighs> so I'm two minds of this. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, it's damning kind of damning for hall because Cassidy made a pretty pointed call out at the, uh, after the game saying that we have to play winning hockey. It doesn't matter who you are, Mm -hmm. which a, you love to hear that. Actually, it doesn't matter who you are. Not if you're a player. No, if you're, (laughs) no, the absolute 100% my laptop, (laughs) not if you're a player, 100% you're completely correcting it. But if you're a fan, if you're a fan, who is advocating for, you know, equal treatment of stars and role players. Well, I, that's something that, that's something that I don't mind. I do not mind it. I agree. And DeBrusque getting bumped up to the second line in response. Do you guys think it was just as damning for Hall as it was a praise for Jake? Or, or, Or do you think it was Bruce just, putting his hand on Jake's shoulder and saying, son, you're not a disappointment. Not I'm proud of you, but 
you didn't fuck up. Isn't that <laughs> a we really weird conversation on the bench? Yeah, <laughs> really weird. All your boys are around you, yep. son. son. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's in the stands. What are you talking about? <laughs> Look. I think yeah, the Jake, my dad could kick your ass. <laughs> I think he could. I think the Brusk has played really well, and I'm really happy with what his start to the season has been. He's been, been yeah. great. I don't care Google. what the stat line says. Yeah. Hall has done everything other than score really well. Yeah, mm-hmm. he had the bad turnover, I know, led to a Senator's goal, 114 in. Guys, Hall has been back checking his mind out. He's been facilitating the puck, clean entries. His four check has been tight. I just the points are going to come for that guy. I'm really not worried. I'm really not worried about either one. I don't one think anybody should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that little switch out. there. It was for a very minimal amount of time. Yeah, we're not going to see it to start the next game tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried. It was for a very minimal amount of time, but it was telling of the win. It was the last three minutes of the game and a one goal game. Mm-hmm. So. I think it was, I think, I think message as uh, Jack likes to, Jack Edwards likes to say message sent and received. I'm sure and it's going to boost the end of it, really. Yeah. Yeah. DeBrusco will like it. Yeah. He's a confidence I, guy. It's crazy how much confidence I, affects that guy. Yeah. He plays better when he knows that there's trust in him. Yeah. yeah. He rides that wave. Mm-hmm. I love when he scores early in the game, even though it's super rare it happens, because then you get to watch full DeBrusque for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And he's just a monster out there. He's playing his mind out because he already has a goal. Who cares what happens the rest of the yeah. game? Right. And he plays really well when that happens. House money hustle. That's what he's doing, dude. House money hustle. I like that. That's right. That's right. Everything that we're sitting here picking apart and complaining about, it could be so much worse because our team could be terrible like Montreal. <laughs> I knew you were uh, going to go there. Uh, <laughs> we can be we can be 3 wins in 14 games. We could be our season could be over already. Oh. I think I think that's kind of where they're at. I think so too. We have never had we've never had a Montreal guest on this show because we didn't play Montreal last year and we're just about a year into doing this podcast. We're breaking that today. And now the moment that Bruins fans have all been waiting for. Uh, the first time we've ever had a Habs fan on here. Please welcome from My Name is Searle, my dear friend for about 15 years, Chris Searle. How you doing, buddy? Good, gentlemen. Good. I, I, I come in peace. I, I threw my Red Sox hat on just to show you guys <laughs> that I'm at least aligned with the New England blood, if you will, but uh, I, I'm, I'm doing a lot better than the Habs so far this season, for sure. How are you guys doing this evening? We're doing better than the Habs, but to be fair, that's literally a line we are stepping over. Yeah, right. I'm not underground, so yeah. <laughs> I think I'm doing better. Not really the most ideal start to your season, is it? Ah, geez, that's an understatement, brother. Understatement. Mm-hmm. I think... Any sane and logical-minded Habs fan knew that this was going to be difficult this season. You know, the division realignment and everything, getting back to the regular schedule programming, if you will, not getting the advantage of playing our Canadian friends, if you will, every day, every game. It's been a reality check, but I think a lot of us knew, cup or not, cup run or not, pardon me, that this was going to be a hangover that was going to be difficult. We lost some key pieces during the offseason. Carey Price situation. I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about that later. Shea mm-hmm. Weber situation. And then these injuries early in the season, too. I mean, Perot was a, a huge signing this offseason, somebody I was just dying for. And he hasn't had the opportunity to even get his feet wet. But I mean, he had, I think, 
if, if I'm not mistaken, for uh, six, seven, eight points to start the season already. So he was on track and already hit the brown. And then Paul Byron being on the injured reserve too, man. It's just been a frustrating start to the season. I, I can just go on if I want to. I mean, we could actually do a whole podcast of me just <laughs> listing off things that have gone wrong to start this season. But yeah, oh, it, it comes down to just the personnel stuff off the bump. Chris, first of all, that is the good stuff. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> uh, second of all, I got to know, yep. as the most realistic Habs fan I know. <laughs> I, I, I hold that title dearly. I do. Yes, I swear you I do. should. Trust me, <laughs> considering some of the shit that we see. <laughs> it sounds like that you had very measured expectations going into this season. Was the cup final run like the worst thing that could have happened to you guys in terms of a, in terms of a uh, standpoint of long-term viability health or health for the franchise? That's a good question because coming into this season, I was actually really happy that the Molson family did one of the first sensible things they've done in years. And that was not give Bergevin the extension. Um, you know, a, a lot of Habs f- fans, friends of mine were actually saying it was almost like this season is a win regardless because, geez, if we even gave Bergevin like a little two or three year extension, look what's happening. You know, this is the trap. So, you know, the, the measured expectations came from the fact that I knew this roster wasn't well constructed in the first place. You know, COVID was for us, I think, more than just about any team aside from the Tampa Bay Lightning, a blessing. Um, you know, two years ago, uh, shorter memories forget. We happened to come back after COVID, beat Pittsburgh, and had the Flyers against the ropes a couple times there during that series. So that was a fun series, too. Oh, what that a fun, really fun series. Mm-hmm. That that was the series, I think, that really inflated the expectations for last year because we saw that this team has a little bit of playoff teeth. I know mm-hmm. it was a shortened season, abbreviated, and kind of put us in a position we didn't deserve to be in. But to take the chance, it got us a little bit excited for last year. And, you know, again, like I mentioned at the jump, we had the advantage of staying at home for most of the year. We've always played good against Western Canadian teams. Not great, but, you know, consistent. And with the season as short as it was, I knew if we could take, let's just jokingly say two out of three from that Leafs-Ottawa battle, which we more or less did, we were going to get ourselves a chance in the playoffs again. And it just brought me back to the year before, you know, why not? If you get a foot in the door, you get a foot in the door. Yeah. Um, but I, I always kept, like you said, Andrew, measured expectations just because I knew realistically this roster was not well constructed. And I know I'm repeating myself. I'm going back to my original point, not re-signing Bergevin makes this season a little more bearable potentially, especially if they find a way to fire him. Bob Gainey style. (laughs) (laughs) There's a general rule that you never want your team to do what your rival wants you to do. True. Uh, And we all want you to re-sign Bergevin. (laughs) 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 We would love if you guys re-sign him. Yep. We'll, we'll handle the Habs. However, you guys keep going with him at the helm. Well, it's, it's the thing. Like I'm not a, a Jeff Molson fan by any means. They've done decent with this franchise since they've had the full reigns. Bergevin, his time is due. You know, Serge, Serge Savard had his day. You know, I just mentioned Bob Gainey. He had his day. Um, Philip Goche had his day. I, I was actually kind of pissed when we fired or left mutual. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's, there's just something about Bergevin's time with this team as on the shell successful because the deep playoff runs these last couple of years, people are going to maybe use that as like the spark for the candle, but I'm looking at the melted wax all over the table. It's just not been as glistening and as positive as it should and could have been. 
with for a guy, especially, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to use the Blackhawks in a positive light, but he was a big part of the development of a franchise that essentially had a dynasty. So there was an expectation for him that we've seen him fall short on many times over this last near decade. But again, you know, the cup run to answer your question, Andrew, was the worst thing to happen short term. I think the best thing to happen to us long term is that the Molson family were patient and finally showed a little bit of sense. So with that in mind, it seemed as if Bergevin kind of had a little bit of a um, movie star moment during the offseason. I'm sure you kept very close eye on this where he was like, I'm not sure I want to sign an extension. I'm not entirely sure if I want to actually come back. This is such a strain as he was releasing it through TSN and Sports, Sports Network and all that. And then he has the audacity, the balls, the, as Ian says, the balls. The balls. When Montreal comes out of the gate flat on their face, almost sort of as he, as he feels his seat getting hotter, he sort of, I guess, lobbies for his own job. Yeah. I would love to be here, he says. Yeah, and, and he's done this before. You he's know, a bit so, of a snake. Yeah, toward, and this is, this is what I was saying. I mean, you, you would definitely recall this, Andrew, years ago when I did my little mini boycott, if you will. Part of the reason why was how he was kind of snaking Michelle Therrien. And I honestly, I wasn't a fan of either one of their jobs at that point. I wanted them both gone. But if I had the choice, it would obviously be Bergevin. At that time, if I'm not mistaken, geez, 2015, 2016 season, I think it was. 2016, 17 is when Terrien got fired. Terrien so got fired and Julian came on, yep. Yeah, so it was probably the year before that is when I was really starting to get sour. And, and that was one thing that always stuck out for me was that Bergevin went to the media to speak for Terrien a lot. That elitist mentality, he's held that over the years. Claude Julien has given him the right away. Don Ducharme, I love the man dearly, personally. He's given me my greatest hockey joy. My Halifax Mooseheads winning the Memorial Cup back in 2013. <laughs> and, and I still have faith that he's the right man for the job, to be completely honest with you. We'll maybe get to that in a bit as well. Um, I know that sounds weird, but I just <laughs> from a personal perspective, I'll tell you guys why. But we'll get to that. Well, but maybe we'll, well, maybe that prevents Patrick Waugh from becoming you guys' coach. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. They're not. No. Is there ever a chance Patrick Waugh becomes the the coach of the Montreal Canadiens. I think that that could happen if this becomes a dumpster fire over a two-year run. Okay. I love it. It's it's one of those it's one of those potential Jeff Molson moves where he's trying to get the fan base back after us making the cup, which would have been last year. And then let's just say hypothetically come 22, 23, 23, 24, we're a horrible horrible team. It's just one of those getting asses back in the seats type, you know, a so little bit of So your fan faith. base loves Patrick Watt. It's very divided, but our fan okay, base is so right. big. Yeah, yeah, it's very divided. But because our fan base is so big, um, his his worth to us is valued. Uh, you know, between eight, mid eighties to the mid nineties. You know, even though he left unceremoniously, it seemed like you know again Serge Savard left mostly because the fans turned on him as well. Sure, um, the man. Patrick Waugh move was the dent that we've never truly been able to get out. It, it's we've used every plunger on earth to get that dent out, but we haven't been able to figure it out. So it's, it's one of those things where the, you know, I, I call myself a rational Habs fan, maybe the less rational. I'm not going to say the irrational Habs fan, but the less rational Habs fan would actually look at a Patrick wall endorsement as something that might bring this team over the top, just based off of 
what he means to this franchise. And I think it's all bullshit personally, um, hmm. but it's something that if Molson has one card left, he might play it. So I, I don't think it will happen, but it's definitely a card that's on the table. And, and like I said, with our fan base being split, nothing is impossible. I, I would personally love to see it just because it'd be like marching out Hulk Hogan oh, yeah. at WrestleMania every year. It's just like, it's like half of the people are like excited to see him because of the history. And the other half are just like, man, fuck this guy. Like, why is he in our building right now? My listen, God, that's Patrick Waz music. Listen, I, I had, I had the, <laughs> what is Patrick Waz music, Ian? I don't, don't make, I can't it. that I got that, but I had, <laughs> I had the, I did have the privilege of seeing that first person uh, during Patrick's time with the Quebec Ramparts. Every time they came to the Metro Center, there were hundreds, if not thousands of people who were Habs fans that were excited to see Patrick Waugh. And then there was another section of us who were booing him mercifully because he's one of the few coaches that would actually give you a reaction. And then the other third of us were just kind of reading the crowd to see, well, how do we treat Patrick today? Are we going to applaud him or are we going to boo him? Um, but uh, a, a good, good friend of mine, I would be remiss to not shout him out. Robbie Craig, actually, he, uh, he started a, why you suck chant that about eight to 9,000 people in the Halifax Metro center followed up. He started it and he finished it, believe it or not, because <laughs> when everybody else stopped, he was up with his shirt half off. Why you suck. Why you suck. So when you guys talk about the Hulk Hogan uh, comparison, that actually is kind of funny because I got to experience that at the junior awesome. hockey level. So it would be like a completely different movie if he's going rink to rink in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember his the, the time when he was the abs coach when it was when it have sour it got real fast real fast <laughs> yeah yeah and that would be the kind of move that like you said that would be the kind of move where molson would put that card on the table and be like okay we need to we need to foster some goodwill because yeah. there were a lot of there were a lot of people who knew that mario Tremblay did him dirty exactly so wanted him a little dirty too but What's just, yeah, yeah. It was it was a chess move by Patrick Waugh because he knew that we loved him, and then we turned on him because he was actually acting out mid game. You know, there yeah. was a line like, you know, Patrick was saying what he was saying in the media. Fine, you know, before and after games, he was a little bit upset. Wasn't staying after the games. Give fans high fives the way he used to. You know, there were people talking about his personality after that '93 Cup. It completely changed, but he was still doing his thing on the ice quite quite well. Trombley screwed him. And I mean, screwed him before he fully screwed him, but the fans were slowly turning on Patrick because he was acting in on the ice. And, you know, as much as I love these fans, you know, that was one of those moments that I wish that we could turn back time and take back because we've never recovered from it. We've yeah. truly never recovered from it. Wow. The curse of St. Patrick. It's, it now, honestly is. It honestly is. So this team getting back to, to this season, the start. So I believe uh, three wins over 14 games. Tough start. Yeah. We could, we can all just, Agree, it's a tough start. Ugly. <laughs> now, outside, obviously, injury problems, that's always going to be a thing. But yep. coming into the season, there had to be something that, that sticks out to you being not what you expected, whether that be the, hmm. the Cofield thing going down, the obviously, Carey Price taking a step away from the game. What, to you so far, has been the most impactful thing to the team and maybe the most disappointing to you? Impactful is definitely Carey. Definitely, um, especially the nature of, of finding out what he was dealing with. Um, he's actually opened up today and talked about it being actual substance abuse. So mm -hmm. all these, you know, I'm talking about the irrational Habs fans now, not the less rational, the Habs fans debating and talking about what he's dealing with behind the scenes, you know, really insensitive stuff. 
you know, shut the carry- fuck up. If you're one yeah. of those people that's engaging in that, shut the entire fuck up. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. not your business. Yeah. This it's, is a that's, very that's not toxic unique market. to the. Yeah, but that's not unique to your market either. Trust me, we have very similar shit happening with Boston fan base, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As a Sox fan my entire life, I've seen players come and go. And yeah, you know, I've I've had a small deal. My brother's a Celtics fan. So like Boston sports is, is in our family and we have seen it, you know, not from the Bruins perspective, but also here in Nova Scotia. Behind the Leafs and the Habs, I'd say the Bruins are the most supported team. Mm-hmm. So we even get to see it in person in, in some instances. And I understand that toxicity, it, it, it breeds more toxicity, but there's, it's nice to see you, you guys, for example. I love listening to your show because you're rational Bruins fans. And there's, there's, a, there's an irrationality that is taking over hockey fandom. And it seems like it's drifting into that pro basketball, soccer media base where... Mm controversy sells and we got to get the edgy end of the story. And that's always been a thing in hockey, but I feel like it's getting uh, with this now new mid tier media becoming commercial, becoming more mainstream podcasts. Not that you guys, you know, like not us, we do a really good job just giving our opinions, (laughs) but the people that dig for the facts and just get a little bit too much. Yeah. Carrie situation. It always, the rumor was injury, injury, injury. And then came out. I felt like everybody's balloon popped for once because everybody thought they had the inside info mm. and, and it's not, it's not long off the Jonathan Juan situation as well. So that the, I think that the media kind of got a kick in the face that it deserved for decades of, of traumatic reporting for lack of better terms, because we've seen players have incredible seasons and then within two years they're gone. So the carry thing, I think we were prepared just because the media had had the rumor out there that he was hurt to not start the season with him, but to find out that he was dealing with the personal issues that he was. Yeah. You know, I think the team were probably feeling it and having him back now in the arena at least, and, and maybe engaging with the guys uh, as he's getting back on the ice, I think is going to be a little bit of a boost for the team. Um, as for Cole Caulfield, I'm, I'm a big fan of the kid. I'm, I'm the one who carries his flag at the parade. I, I think that we did the right thing by throwing him into the fire and he responded well. Um, I, for all intents and purposes, people were even complaining about his defensive work, but there's a couple compilation videos on YouTube of his, his neutral zone work defensively. He, he did good. And, you know, with that playoff heat on his back, wearing that jersey, yeah, sure, we didn't see fans until the end, but as social media, we're talking about a toxic fan base. We seem to support him. And I, I, even through his tough start this year, I, most fans seem to be supporting him. But I think we all knew that this was going to inevitably happen. Um, unless of course he hit the ground running this year, then, you know, we would be saying all-star, all-star. That's just right. our fan base, but sophomore both, slump, both, sophomore slump, or is there a uh, I don't even think, I don't even think you could call it that COVID again was just so unique. It yeah. probably felt like a junior hockey slash college hockey season for the mm-hmm. kid, right? Like it was more natural for him. And, and it's the same thing with, uh, I don't want to say his name because I can't stand him, but, uh, Jasperi Kakameni, it's the same thing, like a shorter season, European style season. I found a lot of those guys, this is, this is maybe a complete bullshit take, if you will, but a lot of those younger players, I think, blossomed over the last couple of years because it was more reminiscent to what they were playing. It wasn't that long 82-game season that you grind out. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I thought this Cole, this Cole situation was going to happen, but I didn't think it was going to happen this quickly. Mm. And, and, and I think that it's because Laval is also such a, such a dumpster fire that it was an opportunity for him to just step on the ice play a bit of puck, come back to the bench and just get his confidence back because 
there's no pressure of him, on him even winning at the level down. So, right. so to, to answer your question, <laughs> um, <laughs> on the negative end of what surprised me this season overall is that that grind and that grit is completely gone. You know, we, we do look toothless, you know, going down a goal or two, look how many times we came back last year. It was pretty much the story of the, the, even the regular season, you know, there were, I think eight or nine comeback wins against the grain. I'm a gambler. So like I'll find my, I find my runs, if you will. And the yeah. Habs hit the Habs were hitting almost every time during the regular season. So it was one of those situations where coming into this year, maybe Andrew, you were just talking about sophomore slump. These young guys are now maybe a little bit tired from a long two year grind without playing a lot of hockey. Now it's a regular schedule, full preseason-ish, full, full training camp. This is the normalcy that maybe these guys weren't ready for from top to bottom. And I think that's the one thing that surprises me is that grit's gone because we didn't lose a lot of that grit and free agency. And I felt that we replaced it quite well. So, yeah. yeah. I think, I think um, losing guys like Shea Weber were very yeah. understood. Massive, were, yeah. I think, uh, I think, I mean, I think any, anytime you lose your captain, yeah, especially somebody yeah. who's like that fucking stern dad in the locker room yeah. with all those young kids. Like, there's something to be said for that, and that that to me, that's that's a major loss on top of Carey Price. Like, literally, your last two lines of defense last season, and and for the last fucking what six years now, Weber's yeah. been there. Like, and then when you look at lose like that, other, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, and then like the other garnishes from last year. I mean, Philip Daniel, he's having a great start this year with the Kings, but like he was such a big part of last year. I Absolutely. talked about I've talked about Paul Byron earlier. He was a big, big part of last year too. There's a lot of pieces that are missing. Like Hoffman was a fantastic signing to kind of replace Corey Perry, but it's just not translated. You know what I'm saying with that actual yeah. yes, it's it's just I don't know what it is. It's well, because well, I can kind of answer that yeah. one is okay. that Corey Perry has more overall than maybe not in totals and statistics, but Corey Perry has the intangibles. He has yeah. the cup final experience. He has the veteran presence. Michael, Mike Hoffman, great, great scorer, empty calorie. Like he doesn't bring, he brings the power play specialist. Yeah. He's a yeah. power play specialist. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't, I, I didn't like that signing because I didn't feel like, it matched what you guys had built as a, a grinding, ferocious, get up by a goal, doesn't matter to us, we're going to win the war of attrition. I didn't feel like he, he fit that very well. Bingo. To Bingo. Andrew's point there. Yeah, and, and that's basically what I was getting at with he's not the direct replacement for Corey Perry, but when you look at how the team played during the playoffs, you want to see more of that. Perry got the additional minutes. There's your A, B. It just hasn't become C, at yeah. least not yet. And this is the thing I, I emphasize this as well. We're 15 games into the season, 14, 15 games into the season. It's still a marathon. You know, mm -hmm. this is, this is still early days. This homestand though, that we are on, this was supposed to be the Kickstarter. And because I we lost to the got, Kings last night was real. Uh, that was a dig, man. That was yeah. a dig. And I, I just talked about Daniel. He played so good. Even when he <laughs> gave away that really terrible penalty there at the end, like he, it's just, it's something that has always happened to Montreal. They leave, they make us look bad. They leave, they make us look bad. And that was set up for that. I guess, Andrew, to, to, to like you talked about, yeah, it just, it was set up. It was almost like the scene in the movie 
if you will. Like mm-hmm. he, he returns, the Habs are losing a bunch Prodigal of Prodigal son returns. Uh-huh. Yeah, shits right. On your ice. <laughs> Makes things a little bit tough, but we blew it in the end as we have been. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you think this team recovers? Do you think it, it ends up being competitive down the stretch? <sighs> Oof, you hear me sigh. You hear me sigh. <laughs> Do I want it to? Yes. And I, I, I go back to Dom. He's, I, I watched him coach every style of team over five years in Halifax. And I've seen him get through tough times. Teams that weren't supposed to touch the playoffs end up winning a playoff series. Um, I've seen him turn, you know, a, a timid Nick Ehlers into a guy that'll drop the gloves. I've seen him turn, turn a timid um, Timo Meyer into a guy that'll also get into the corner and, and, and show you what's up every once in a while. He develops fantastic second, third line guys in Montreal are known for not having superstars. We're, we're a team with two or three third lines. Like that's what we are. It's what we've always been built on. The Smurfs, the team a few years ago, it's always about not being around a superstar, about building depth within your roster, within your lineup. So does this team recover? I think I just said the key word depth. There's not a lot. And with the injuries, it, it's definitely barren. Um, and, and free agency this offseason is, is going to be all about fixing up the defensive end of the ice because offensively we're tied down and we don't have a lot of prospects coming up right now. So it's about finding and developing an offensive system this season, I think. So recovering, I don't think, is the priority. I think the priority is trying to find a style of hockey to bring into next year where hopefully we have defensive reinforcements or this this backline improves this year and shows that they're worthy. Um but obviously I want this team to recover. It's a solid draft this year, but it's really, really solid at the top. So, I mean, if we're going to tank, if that's what this is, I'm not accusing the boys of quitting or anything, but if, if that's what we're in the process of doing right now, I'm not going to be upset. So, well, that all but guarantees that Bergevin's on his ass at the end of the year. And that's why I'm glad Molson did what he did. And it, I mean, people have said, well, they gave Dom the extension. I said, well, it's a lot easier to pay a coach off to say bye. I think that they're going to give Dom as much time as they possibly can this year. I think that the Molson family are looking at what's going on right now as a Bergevin issue because this roster was mostly constructed before Dom was even the head coach. So I think they're going to give the next general manager, hopefully, if there is one, when there will be one, if I can get my prayers out, um, the opportunity to potentially obviously pick the next head coach and all that other jazz. But with these 11 draft picks coming up, man, you know, you want to build your team around a certain style and a certain presence, and maybe a different head coach comes in and changes the culture in Montreal for the better. So I think that it's going to be really important for Dom to at least create and recover that culture that he that he generated last spring in, in all intents and purposes. You know, he did a great job. And like I said, I've seen him do it in Halifax for a half a decade. So I have faith that he can make this recovery quick. I have faith that this roster is better than it's playing, but realistically speaking, I think that we're looking at a number two, number three draft pick because Arizona is a dumpster fire. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's not like we're going to be that bad. And, and I feel like maybe somebody yeah, but that's by there. design. Yeah. yeah. And Arizona, Arizona could use some draft picks too. So they yeah. have twelve percent of the first two rounds. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking insane. That's crazy. That's a crazy number. Jeez, I thought us yeah. having eleven draft picks was a wild number. Yeah, but eight, yeah. pick, eight of the first sixty-four picks. Holy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, something to look forward to, I guess, maybe in another yeah. city. Yeah, when know. we moved to Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, my man. Thank you so much Fellas, for coming on and giving us your insight. 
a blast, a blast. Uh, <laughs> like I said, I'm, I'm a fan, uh, and I, I I preach to friends of mine. Y'all need to listen to the podcasts of the teams that are your enemies because mm. it's a heck of a lot more fun to be friends with your enemies and uh, <laughs> your guys more flies with honey or vin- honey or vinegar or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. How many beers have you had, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I'm no, not, shut up. <laughs> your guys's presentation format. You're doing an incredible job. Keep up the great work. Um, make, make sure you give Andrew your Venmo before we go for all these compliments. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, before I do let you go, I want to do something that I haven't done to any guests yet and i'm gonna put 60 seconds on the clock oh, and i'm gonna fire a couple of questions at you and put you on the spot with a with a couple of comments here i'm gonna this mute funny. myself you this got it in funny too because i asked andrew if there was something i should be prepared for but i wasn't gonna <laughs> i didn't ask him i was like i'm gonna go into this one blank and see what i can come up with I, dude i wouldn't have told you anyway true <laughs> this is true so so my only question is is how quick do my answers have to be like instant or do you, i have a you, couple you got 60 seconds, and I'm going to try to try to get at least three, maybe four questions at you. So, okay, I like it. Try I to like con- it. consolidate. Just first thing that comes to your head. You ready, cool. bro? I love it. I'm in. All right, dude. Montreal hasn't hosted a Winter Classic or even a Heritage Classic at home. A, fucking why? And B, if they did, where would it be? The A, the Olympic Stadium sucks. B, if they can find a way to put the corners in Saputo, make the corners in Saputo a stadium like that would be where it's at. Okay. Okay. Uh, how deep did you have to dig a sufficient enough hole to hide after the Logan Mayu pick? <laughs> he who shall not be named. <laughs> um, I, I made a Facebook status and actually avoided Facebook for three days. Fair enough. Honestly, we probably should have too. Yeah. Uh, Canadians likely aren't going to sniff the playoffs this season, but if they do have a deal at the deadline, what do you want to see? Wow, that's a good question. Because like I was just talking about, all the forwards are locked in. Um, maybe moving one of them salaries right now. Yeah, I can see it. That all might right. only be it. Like that's it. Yeah. Uh, say something nice about Brad Marchand. Good old Nova Scotian boy. There you go. Yeah, I knew there it. you go. <laughs> I teed it up for you, Chris. Perfect. Awesome to have you on here, man. Thank you so much. Actually, can I end with a question for you guys, really quick? Absolutely. It's, it's a question. Yeah. I ask, it's a question I asked Andrew on my show, and I'm always curious in, in knowing from Bruins fans outside of this Nova Scotian sphere what their opinions are. A, does Brad Marchand have his number retired at the end of his career? And B, if not, what does he have to do to get there? In your guys' opinion, I think he does already. I think I think he's right on that line. Okay. And how about you, Ian? Ooh, he's real close. Uh, he's got a few more years. He's going to end up. Uh, I'm trying to think of where the point totals are, but he should get close to top five Bruins franchise points. He just passed Krejci. Yeah, or tied yeah, Krejci, I believe it. Tied. Yeah. So uh, what you get top five? Yeah, I'll put you in the rafters or another cup. I'll put you the right now. I'm going to vote no today, but I think mm-hmm. he ends up there. I think when I was on your show last year, Chris, I think my answer was not yet, but I'm it a lot was very closer. similar to Ian's. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very similar. I'm a lot closer to Thomas's now than I than I was last year. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you know, being from here, you know, Sidney Crosby dealt with it too. Nathan McKinnon to a much lesser extent, but yeah. you get the jealous people that are from the community. They all talk the trash. And in Brad's case, he didn't exactly do himself many favors with his antics on the ice, but we all knew just from seeing him from Hammond's Plains through Moncton, through Valdor, he played for the Mooseheads forgettably for a couple of months, but <laughs> we saw firsthand what he was capable of. 
And let me tell you, it's it's it, even though he's playing for you guys and it sucks because he seems to raise his game when he's playing against us. He sure does. Um, <laughs> it's it's awesome to see him get to the level that we saw when he was in junior, when he could put the puck in the net and be a, an actual offensive juggernaut. So yeah. um, any Nova Scotian who talks shit about Brad Marchand, put them in their place. You know, he might not be the greatest guy, quote unquote, mm-hmm. but man, he's he's come a long way as is both a hockey player and as a person. You know, I could yeah. go on a, a rant for days about the person he has actually become over the last few years because I knew him from a personal level a decade plus ago when he was playing with the Mooseheads. Um, mm-hmm. It was a very brief time, but he was friends with all those guys that were on the team. So yeah. I, I have a lot of love for him now. And and I think that uh, it's it's really cool to see that you guys are appreciating him too, to talk about him, his number being in the rafters. You know, he's he's proven a lot of people wrong. And, and, yeah. and it's, it's cool to see you guys appreciating him. So from well, a half cool fan. A, yeah, it's cool to see a Canadians fan. Yeah, I mean, one of the very, regardless. Yeah, yeah I'm know? one of the very rare ones. But the thing is, too, is like <laughs> I always say to people, I'm a big Brendan Gallagher guy. Like, he's my guy. So, uh, you know, he's not on the Brad Marchand pedestal. But if he ever gets to that potential 89, I doubt it'll ever happen. But yeah. <laughs> um, that 80, 90 point season plateau, I would hope other teams would give Galley the same respect. Yeah, you know we've we've seen it's guys Walmart Marshawn right now. <laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> not not quite wish dot com. He but, just you know, said we'll such Walmart. nice things about Brad Marshawn. <laughs> yeah, you call this motherfucker Walmart. Credit. Listen, listen. I came expecting more heat. I, boys, you you guys you guys welcome me with open arms. I appreciate the gesture and and the hospitality. And um, Andrew, thank you for telling the boys about me. And and uh, this is a blessing. I, I look forward to doing this again. Maybe on my show, boys. How's that sound? That sounds good yeah. to me, man. That sounds good to me, boss. Before before you jump off, go ahead and uh, give us a little plug for my name is Cyril. Yeah, uh, my name is Cyril. The one-year anniversary is actually popping on here soon, so I'm excited uh, to announce that. Yes, thank you very much. Um, started it just before I started podcasting just before COVID, actually, with a good friend of mine, and it turned into me doing my own thing and kind of learning the ins and outs. And we're, we're approaching the one-year anniversary, and I'm actually going to start going daily here on Monday. So the timing of this was wonderful uh, on all around ends. This was a complete accident. So daily, uh, yeah, you're going to give it a shot. Ooh. At least at least five to, five episodes a day but like andrew said it's a variety show um there will be hockey probably once a week now that i'm going daily find out five episodes a day dude you're killing yourself oh, did i say five episodes a day perfect plug perfect plug no there you go um but no yeah uh my name is Searle. you can find me on just about every podcast app music app uh we're gonna be on youtube starting now next like i said everything's gonna be changing now in the next week or two so now's the perfect time to hop on the train and uh, one of the side shows that I do as part of My Name is Searle is called The Ten Count. It's also growing its own legs here starting next week. The, the show, uh, I think we did 11 or 12 episodes. It's mixed martial arts based. We talk about the fights, boxing and wrestling as well. But we also talk about current events, social events. And it's been a hit so far to awesome. the point that we're, uh, we're going to give it some new legs. So, yeah, those are those are my two babies. So thanks. Guys. Fantastic, dude. Y'all have a great night. Thanks for the invite. You, you too, Chris. Have Thank a good you one. so much. That was by far the most fun I've had since the first time we did a short 60. <laughs> I love I'm it. Glad that was fucking why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we talked a little bit, obviously. We talked for a good half hour about the Canadians. We do play them on Sunday, but we have two games in between now and Sunday. So I think we do uh, some predictions before we wrap this episode up. So wait a second. How are we scoring last week? Uh, okay. I think I think it's me. I think it is Thomas. Let me jump over real quick. Ian would have an overtime loss, but I've, your wrongs were just so wrong. 
Give me half a point. No, 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 there's no half. You either win a week or you don't. No, hold on. So Detroit, we win 5-1, right? Thomas mm-hmm. is four one guess, right? Thomas mm-hmm. is in the lead. Yes. So there's that. Leafs, we we've got trounced. We're not all talking us, about that one. We're not talking about that one. Yeah, that one's that one's eliminated. That one. And then the Sens was a three two final. Uh, all of us were a goal away. Mm-hmm. Every single one of us were a goal. Uh, Thomas two goals away. I'm still giving it to Thomas. Yes. He was the closest one through two weeks. Sorry, Andrew. Oh. This is bad for me too. I'm I'm now tied for for last. I don't know how this is working. <laughs> <laughs> it's still early. It's an eight week rule. <laughs> it's an eight week week. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're gonna have conversations. Thomas, eight. Thomas very good. <laughs> <laughs> all right who the heck are we playing <laughs> so we got oilers tonight <clears throat> not looking forward to this game honestly looking forward to watching this game just on the on the on the quality of hockey level because the oiler oilers look like a fucking wagon they're but also coming off a loss to detroit they are which scares me more because they're gonna be pissed off yeah uh then we play saturday a little matinee game at one o'clock against the devils in new oh, jersey fuck my life <laughs> beautiful sunny exotic newark exotic. new jersey <laughs> dude and then, re- and then we get canadians back at home i remember flying cross country to seattle and my layover was in newark new jersey i was there for two hours i have never hated a place more in my life yep. i hate that i can't turn left in new jersey i hate that you can't pump gas in new jersey yeah that's a, that's a lot of things i hate about new jersey honestly there's a lot there's a lot of huh. things that new jersey hates about new jersey but oh yeah no the reason i can breathe Bruins win that game is, eight is, to one because fuck new jersey that's i pick. know <laughs> everybody who lives in new jersey for the most part goes oh fucking no i don't like living in new jersey i mean there's there's parts of new jersey that's nice and it's like suburb of basically philadelphia on the jersey side yeah. but that's that's pretty much it if you like beaches that are filled with way too many people if you like beaches with people <laughs> and getting drunk all the time, uh, well, there's your second right? outro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we've shit all over New Jersey, what are these mm-hmm. guesses for the Oilers? Like, what the- <laughs> go ahead, Andrew. You go ahead and start. I see a win. Um, I think Edmonton's going to level off a little bit. Um, Detroit, the Detroit game showed that there may be little cracks in the armor over there. I think that's going to level off just having Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and floating trash as the rest of them. Um, I will say that the Bruins pull a 3-2 win in overtime. Okay. I also see this go to extra time. It's going to be a 4-3 shootout loss, and McDavid's going to have three fucking points in it as he roasts scoreboard all night long. <laughs> <laughs> Um, kind of stole my thunder on there. That was the score and prediction uh, with an OT loss there. Uh, I'll, I'll drop the score down a bit. I'll say 3-2, but I still think it's an OT loss. Okay. So I go shootout, you go OT, and mm-hmm. Andrew goes with OT win, right? Yes, correct. So we are not winning or losing in regulation. And honestly, if that is the best case scenario for us, I will take the point against a very good Oilers team. Same. Moving on to the Devils, Andrew already predicted uh, 8-1. 8-1, stick yes, with I'm sticking okay. to that. Fuck New Jersey. <laughs> okay, so he's throwing away that week. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is excellent. <laughs> watch, watch as it's 8-1, and I'll come back just swaggering. You, man's theme music. <laughs> you would have a uh, swagger for sure. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, New Jersey, 
Uh, I'll go classic for. No, we we haven't had it. We still haven't had a shuddy yet. No. Mm-mm. Oh no, it's got to be a shuddy, right? Against New Jersey. Yeah, it's got to be a shuddy. Uh, let's go with three zero. Shut up. I, I make I, these up as we do it. By the way, yep. I don't know if you guys realize this. I, I had I had I have a rough a rough thing in my phone where I look at these games. Unfortunately, looking back at the recent history against the Devils, I don't feel good about playing the Devils in Newark. That's fair. Um, so I'm going to say a three one loss, and we're going to have we're going to have a rough week with that. Yeah, then, people are not going to be happy with that at all. No, no. But uh, feel free. Feel free to fucking tweet at me and tell yes, me how much I want to be. I want to be wrong about that devil's game and I welcome the hate. So, but I do think we're going to turn a, a rough week around against a very mediocre. If, if even, if even mediocre, that's Canadian. generous, my man. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a, that's a five, one win at home on Sunday, Sunday night, Sunday night hockey. Mm-hmm. Love. That. I'm looking forward to that. Love that for us. Yeah. This feels like one of those games where we should, that should be the eight one game, but it ends up being kind of like a workman type effort. I think Mm -hmm. that ends up being our first shutty. Okay. And I feel like that's going to be Omark. And I feel like it's going to be two, nothing. Okay. I'll I'll take, I'll take any of that. I'll do you one better. Not only are we shutting out the New Jersey Devils, we are also shutting out the fucking Habs. That's another 3-0 dub. Back-to-back 3-0 dubs. Both goaltenders get a shutty. Okay. You are predicting one hell of a weekend. It's going to be really bad. We are going to let in so many goals. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't. I don't even know if I can watch either game. I have the move on Saturday, and it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Are you the optimistic pessimist or the pessimistic optimist? Which one are you here? You talk to my therapist. I don't (laughs) fucking know at this point. (laughs) I'm just confused. Man. (laughs) All right, boys. Feeling confident? Oilers are going down tonight. Fuck them. Fuck Canada. Uh, <laughs> the whole damn province. The whole damn, yeah. <laughs> like, let's do this. I'm excited. All right, boys. We'll catch you next week. second outro what i thought my my beautiful no 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 that's probably just gonna make the show whoops